0: The Shir on could the Siches, Gaelic, Tesvav, Book 15, the Sich of Noach, the second Sich says the Rebbe. Let just get it here one second. In connection to the pasuk that it says in the in, in regarding the flood of Noyach, that in the six hundredth year to the life of Noyach, the nivkuu called Mayonos Rabo, all of the well springs from very deep opened up, and the windows of heaven opened. In other words, the waters came from below and from above. So it says regarding this pasuk in the Zoyar that in the 600th year to the 6000s to the 6000th year is going to open the gates of wisdom from above and the wellsprings of wisdom from below and will start to prepare the world for its ascent in the 7000th year you know that the world is created in uh, it says that uh, the the 1,000 years by Hashem is like one day. So the 7,000th year represents the coming of Mashiach, the day of Shabbos. So in the 600th year of the 6,000th millennia, so that's when it's going to be the opening of the wisdom from above and the wellsprings of wisdom from below. From below. And the world will become prepared to go into the 7,000th year. The explanation of these two things says the Rebbe, the gates of, of wisdom above and the wellsprings of wisdom from below, which are alluded to in the pasuk that says that by the flood the wellsprings from below were opened and the gates of heaven were opened. So what does that refer to? The gates from above, the wisdom from Le'ela, from above, means the wisdom of Torah. And the wisdom from below refers to the wisdom of the nations of the world. And we take see that in that time, the 6,000th year of the 6,000, the 600th year of the 6,000 millennia, there was a great revelation within the wisdom of Teira, especially Pnimiya the inner aspect of Teira. I, I, I said especially. The Rebbe just says, sorry, I mis- mistranslated that. There was a special revelation, a, 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 a great revelation in the wisdom of Teira, of Pnimiya Sateira. And the Rebbe continues, as is well known, what the Tzemach Tzedek says, that there was a ketz. There was a time which was pre, uh, predicted as a time when Mashiach will come. And that was in the year Tofresh Shes, 5608, which is, to translate it to the, um, to the Gregorian calendar, the year 1847 was predicted the Mashiach will come. And that was the year when the Likutei Teira was printed. Right, because the 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 um, what's going to be the coming of Mashiach? The the advantage and the achievement and the great gift when Mashiach comes is that then there'll be the filling Malah Aretz Deos Hashem. The world will be filled of the knowledge of Hashem. So printing of the Likutei was a wasn't the coming of Mashiach. But it was a stage in the coming of Mashiach because it was an outpouring. It was filling the world with the knowledge of Hashem which the is full of. And with several years earlier, the Alter my Marim in the book Tera'or were printed. And that is in the year Tav Kuv Tzadik Zayin which is year um, 5,597 which in our... Calendar hour. I mean, in the Gregorian calendar is eighteen thirty six, so the two parts really of of one book, as explained in Ayem So you had in those years you had a great outpouring of wisdom. Um, that is after, oh, that is already after the six hundredth year of the six thousandth millennia. So let's figure out when is the six hundredth year. We'll do it in one second, and we know that the um that the way of learning the the inner track of Torah in the way the Al-Tarebbe explained it in, in the books that were printed in those aforementioned years in the 1800s is, represents that what the Zoyar says, the Mashiach will come when the inner aspects, when the Zoyar is learned in a way of Yispernesun, in a way that it actually provides sustenance to the person in his mind. Uh, so it's understood in a greater way in a, in, by the mortal mind, which that is what Hasidus Chabad does, brings down the concepts of the inner aspects of Torah, which in the Zohar and books works of Kabbalah are more esoteric, and brings it down in a way that it's understood in the mortal mind. And this also represents the outpouring, the afutsu, the spreading forth of the wellsprings of the Baal Shemta which the Mashiach said, that, Mashi- that um, uh, fam- the famous um, letter with the, Bals- the Balshamtov describes, he went up to the Heichal Mashiach to the sanctuary of Mashiach, and asked him, when are you were coming, he said, when your wellsprings are spread forth, and when was the revelation? The Balshamtov, his revelation was around the year Toph Kuf. Okay, so Toph Kuf is 5,500 years from creation. That's when the beginning of the 600th Year starts right, it goes in the hundreds. Beginning of the 600th century begins right after year 500, so 5,500. We go into the 600th year, 600th, the 6th century of the 6,000th year. Tof Kuf, uh, the around the approximate time of the Baal Shem, the revelation, comes out to 1739. Okay, that would be 5,500. We're now 5782. So you minus two hundred and eighty two from where we are now, twenty twenty one, you get to seventeen thirty nine. Okay, so basically, and the Rebbe sends to the Eirachayim, Hakadosh, and he says an interesting. The Eirachayim on the parsha of Tzav says uh, kind of bemoans how long we've been in Golus, and he says it's already one thousand six hundred and seventy two years. Lf Tavfresh Ayim base year since we're in this Golos When was it? This, since the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash? The Destruction of the Beis Hamikdash took place in the year 69. Add 1672 years to that. That the is saying, bemoaning the fact that we're already in Golos and it's time for a to come. Comes out to the year 1741, which is Tavkuf base, and that was two years exactly after. This is exactly the time of the six, The beginning of the six hundredth year of the 6,000th year. So we see that in the spiritual side of things, the preparation for the coming of Mashiach begins, as the Zoya says, by the opening of the wellsprings from above. You have the Bal Shem Tov, and you have it later there, uh, within a little bit more than a century later, you have the teachings of the Alter Rebbe that are printed. Uh, I said a little bit more than a century later. Um, yeah you have the actually the, the um, actually the the um, printings of Torah Eir, which was in 1836 is actually le- exactly the within two exactly uh, a few years before the end of the 600th year so you see the the opening of the wellsprings from above I hope I didn't confuse you by bringing all the dates. just wanted to give context. Especially I wanted to give context because the next paragraph that Rabbi says is that there's also the wellsprings from below. That's also when there was a great development in the wisdom of the world. So perhaps for many, when we say that the the 600th um, century that the Zaire is talking about, it starts from 1739. So many will identify with the uh, great expansion from 1739 onward, uh, and uh, within that next hundred years, or some of the greatest inventions, what is called the Industrial Revolution. Um, I just did a Google search and asked for the for inventions between between those years, and you come up with telegraph, you come up with uh, lighting, and you come up with uh, with machines, and you come. Uh, fantastic and amazing things that started to develop and 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 accelerated with time but those major inventions and discoveries were taking place in the same years that from above the wellsprings and discoveries of deeper uh, uh, godly revelation was taking place in the wisdom through the wisdom of Panimius uh, of Cassidus so we have to understand all is when we talk about the fact that the revelation of Pnei Misa is a preparation for the ascent of the world in the 7,000th year. That's understood. The, the coming of Mashiach, the days of Mashiach are um, described as days when Mala haaretz Hashem, the world will be full of the knowledge of Hashem layom mechasim, just as the seabed is full with water of the sea. So that's how the, the world will be full of the knowledge of God, so that makes sense. That as preparation for that, there should be the revelation of the inner of the inner workings of the Torah. That's already a a me'ain. It's something similar. It's 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 partially the Torah of Mashiach. But what connection does the revelation and the great discoveries in the in the fields of the um, Knowledge in worldly things have to do with the ascent of the world in the time of the coming of Mashiach in the 7,000th year. More than that. <laughs> the Desire doesn't desire the brings them together. From the fact that desire being those the openings of the heavenly spheres, the openings of the um of wisdom from below, from the fact that desire the describes them together, we understand that they are intrinsically bound together with each other. In other words, that because there's the outpouring, the new revelation of the wisdom of Torah, as a preparation to Mashiach, that that causes somehow the development of the wisdom of the world. So we have to understand what's the connection between them. Since obviously the knowledge that is being revealed in worldly matters is, is so, without an Erech, is just vastly lower. It's called Letata, it's called the lower wisdom. So vastly removed from the wisdom of Torah, which is called Le'elah, supernal wisdom. Especially when we talk about the Pinimius which we're talking about the uh, uh, the secrets and inner aspect of Torah. So, how, where's the where, where's the uh, connection in preparing for Mashiach for the lower wisdoms, the wisdoms of the world being revealed? How does the Zayin put them together? Base continues now. The whole world, everything that's in the world, is all created as we said. Base, Reishis, Berishis. For Torah and for Yidin. That the Yidin should keep the Torah. That's what the world is created for. And everything that Hashem creates in this world is only created for Hashem's glory. From that we understand that every single created being, its real intention is that it's used for the service of Hashem. And so it is, if so, also regarding the wisdoms of the world. That the developments of Chochmah of worldly matters the purpose of it is to use it for serving Hashem or for understanding the Torah of Hashem parentheses square brackets since however not every mind is able to really contain or achieve this great level of using all the developments of worldly wisdom in the service of Hashem and as Dal Terebbe says in Tanya that this was the reason of the Rambam, and the Ramban, Maimonides, and Nachmanides, and those like them, that occupy themselves in learning worldly wisdom, because they were able to use it for the service of Hashem. But the Al-Tarebbe there is saying that it's something that's for the great luminaries, for great minds, for great uh, servants of Hashem. Yichidei Skula, special individuals, can reach that level. But somebody who's not, at the level he's able to harness and use and utilize those those wisdoms for serving Hashem. So then, on the contrary, he takes the chokhma bin das, the intellect of his nafshay, the kiss of his godly soul, and he's putting it into. He's uh, he's dirtying it with rather than learning godly wisdom and today He's learning worldly wisdom. Because not everybody can knows how to elevate it and use it. Gimel here, the Rebbe puts in something. That's uh, <clears throat> something that's very, very powerful. Everything that writes is powerful. I mean, it's not its not so much uh, the, the uh, style of a sichre. It's more like the style of a fabre. Here we have to make a disclaimer, says the Rebbe. We have to forewarn, even though really it's self-understood. Everything that we're talking about, we've been talking about now, and especially where, where the Rebbe will continue the sichre is, you, know, you talk about the the great, um, the, 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 the positive things that have been found in the developments in worldly wisdom. But all this has absolutely no connection to the question about learning in college or university or similar places. When there, the prohibition against that is because of the danger also. Not just because the prohibition of of, you know, not utilizing your mind properly to for Torah. Where that there, if a person's able to utilize those things for serving Hashem, then it's okay to learn other wisdom, wisdom of the world. Going into the environment of college universities is, is a total is a totally different question, because that the whole atmosphere there, the whole philosophy there in those, uh, in, in in those uh, in those places of learning at least in the Rebbe adds in brackets, in those institutions in our generations, that whole atmosphere is permeated with denial of Hashem's ongoing individual hashkacha supervision of the world. Hashkacha protis is um, basically denied in the atmosphere of college university the premise there in those institutions of learning is that there's nothing and no power that can mix into the way the world works based on its natural laws of, laws of nature. And that's an axiom that's assumed and taken on that doesn't need to be even proven. And that's the basis of the whole study in these places of study. And doesn't even have to be mentioned that's just assumed and in many of the places of college university things that are heresy and beliefs that are idolatry and so on are studied and we know quotes the in footnote 19 that hashem commanded us not even to study about idolatry even if we're not going to believe in it which one is well, inquisitively study it we're instructed as part of our instruction not to worship our Vedas are foreign gods idols we're not even allowed to study it just for inquisitive sake and mostly continues the rabba. Uh, there's no boundaries in terms of um, Snius in terms of being um, Busha and Snius in terms of uh, bashfulness not in. Uh, um let you say, Bush and sneers, translated. Modesty. The contrary, modesty is even frowned upon and laughed upon. And treated cynically. And people that want to act in a, in a, in a modest, discreet way are, frown, are, are looked down upon and laughed at. And on the contrary, anybody who's more open and without barriers... It's considered more elevated, as is well known. Underlined well known says the, the, the terrible situation in all of this, in the campuses, in the dormitories, in the places where they go and hang out, etc. And I don't want to speak too long about something shocking, and especially something so shocking. I when people say it's not gonna it's not gonna affect me. I'm strong. I have buttressed myself. I'm not gonna be affected by all this. It won't be a temptation for me. So we know also. We know there's a simple rule that even a complete tzaddik in the last day of his hundred twentieth year here on earth, and at the beginning of the day, even before he d- goes to regular davening in the morning prayers, there's a tefillah. We ask Hashem, don't bring me to a test. So. Why would somebody put themselves into a situation which is extremely challenging? We could speak a lot about this, says the Rebbe, but this is not the place to speak. it. But the Rebbe did put it here into the Sikh, We're we're talking about wisdom of the world. So now let's get back to the point. The Rebbe says, since the Zerah connects the development of the wisdom of the world with the fact that the world is going to ascend into the Mashiach's time, in the 7,000th years, so we understand that the benefit from these chokhmus, of these wisdoms, in the service of Hashem, will express itself, must express itself, in something that represents a preparation for the advantage and the achievement that will happen when Mashiach will come. So from the main things that will be when Mashiach comes... Is it says, the, the um the, Yihu, the promise in the prophets, it says, the glory of Hashem will be revealed, and all flesh will see together in unison. It's the mouth of Hashem that speaks. In other words, that the revelation of godliness will be in the time of Shiach, will be not just in a way that, that the world is full with the knowledge of Hashem but not necessarily accessible or visible to everybody. No, it's going to be in a way that all flesh will see the presence of Hashem. Even the physical flesh will see that Hashem's mouth is the one that speaks, the presence of Hashem. In other words, not just will it be a visible thing in the spiritual, intellectual eye, so to speak, intellectually and spiritually, even as the mid is rebbe um, speaks at length, it's going to be a physical sight with the physical eye. And more than that, it doesn't just say that all, it says all flesh will see. It doesn't say all fleshy eyes will see. Like we say by Davinim, may our eye sees when you when you come back to Tzir, no comes. The Pusik says all flesh will see. So it, from that we can infer that not just does the eye, physical eye, see, even the actual flesh, physical flesh, will be able to comprehend and perceive that it's. Hashem that speaks, in other words that its source is Hashem that Hashem's presence will be palpable visible and this is the connection therefore between the development of the wisdoms in the world and the preparation for the ascent of the world in the 7000th year when Mashiach comes why? because the fact that we use the wisdom that develops in the world to serving Hashem and to understanding His Torah helps in the the um, the, the the great gift that will be when Mashiach comes, that we'll be able to physically see things, uh, godliness. So this too, this wisdom is now helping us to be able to more palpably and visibly, physically see. Um, things that before we could only imagine, or not even imagine. Hey, the Rebbe continues, an example is, one of the uh, powers embedded in nature, already since the sixth days of creation, it was there, but people didn't know about it, and it was discovered and developed, only in more recent years, says the Rebbe, is what allows for the voice of a person who's speaking in one particular place so should be able to be heard in a very distant place till in the far reaches of the earth and even on the moon through a telephone or even more so through radio. And le- and, and lately, the Rebbe is saying this is also a person also be able to be visible. person, everything he's doing is able to be visible from one place to another place. Right, they so have radio, and Rebbe doesn't mention here, doesn't mention the word television. We know that the uh, this was not um, television was something that the Rebbe didn't want at all, didn't belong in a Jewish home. But so perhaps for that reason, it doesn't uh, the, the, the 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 words not mentioned here. But Rebbe says there there are there are means to be able to see a person and everything he's doing in the other side of the world. And this great achievement in the world, the opportunity to be able to hear everything that a person is speaking, at the same time he's speaking it, in all four corners, far-flung corners of the world, and to be able to see him, this gives us a palpable, a, a, a very real description of what we know in the Torah, that Hashem is, Eye in Reyeva is in Shemas. There's an eye that sees and an ear that listens. And on the contrary, if even the ear down here below can hear things, and with even further technology, the eye can see things that's happening in the other part of the world, how much more so are we talking about the supernal ear and the supernal eye? As we say every Wednesday, the verse in Tehillim that says, who makes the ear you think he can't hear the one who creates eyes can he not see so obviously there's no limitations when it comes to supernal to Hashem's so to speak power of sight and and, and ear and everything a person does even in the most hidden most of places is at that moment exactly caught by the eye that hears and the the ear that, that listens and therefore, everything is written down and recorded, in in the book. And therefore, interesting. I'm not sure if this uh, the Sikha was said. Um, the Sikha was said. There was so much recording. Was so in. I guess so. Today, of course, um, this is the Sikha said. Nineteen beginning in 1966. And then continued in 1970s, 1970, 1976. And anyway, since this is such a visible example, right, of Ein Shema's, so when a person now meditates and thinks that Hashem is standing over him and is watching him and is checking his insides, whether or not he's serving him properly, it's not just some kind of an abstract thought. Well, sometimes we have abstract thoughts. Doesn't really affect a person. But now, this is something you can actually. It becomes much closer to our to our physical um, uh, abilities. Wow, see and hear. We know that we can see and hear things, you know, and therefore it more affects the middays in the heart. In other words, we appreciate more realistically the fact that everything's being heard and being seen and therefore that will have an effect on our heart which has an effect on the way we think speak and do well, even though everything in the world has been created for Torah and Yisrael really everything can be used to serve Hashem nonetheless we see that within the things that are used to serve Hashem there are sometimes our sages identified certain things that are different and they were never even intended for anything else but service of Hashem. For example, the Medrash says, the world was not fitting to have gold. Gold was created only for the Mishkan and the Beis Mikdash. Yeah, but we use gold. That's a secondary use. Jewelry, currency, that's secondary use. Really, it's all about service of Hashem. And the Rebbe points out here, the difference between these things that are singled out as being created solely for the purpose of serving Hashem, and the other things that are not pointed out in this manner is, is by all other things, by all aspects of creation. They are created indeed in order to serve for their main purpose. The world is created for two things, for Torah and for Yisrael. So we're meant to use it to serve Hashem. However... It can also be that the function of their use is when they're used for worldly things, for permissible things, which are later used, which from which you derive a benefit in serving Hashem. So far, I'll just give you a, an example: steel. So you can, from steel, you can make a pot, and that pot you can cook a soup, and that soup gives. Um, energy and we take the energy and learn Torah just for example when it comes to gold however the Torah says explicitly the world really didn't wasn't going to get gold the world's not worthy to get such a fine substance and therefore that's not the real use of gold when gold is used for money and that money is taken and we serve Hashem with it that's actually a descent for the, the main purpose of gold the whole reason that gold is created and given to this world is it should be used in the Mishkan and the Besam Mikdash. However, because Hashem gives free choice, so there's always the contra, and that is it can be used for other things also. So he let it to be used in the world, also not for things of Mishkan and Mikdash. It can be used for negativity, and it can be used as a vehicle for positivity, like all other things in the world. But really, gold, its real intended purpose is not to be a vehicle to lead to something that can be used for serving Hashem. Is actually to be part of Hashem's service in the Mishkan. And similarly, regarding to what we are talking about here, the Zoyar connects the development of wisdom down here below with the revelation of the wisdom from above, of the Pinimius Atterah, and with the fact that this leads to the ascent in the seventh year. So that shows that it's not just that these things these uh, inventions and developments come to the world now and we can also use them like everything in the world for serving hashem but no their whole intention in coming to the world their whole intention in the development is to be a preparation to ascend to the time of mashiach of course it can be used for other things also just like gold Hashem gives bichire, gives choice, so it can be used for other things. But what is it? Real intention? Just like gold says the Rebbe, the has connected the development of the inventions from uh, 1739, you know, uh, on, with the fact that we're preparing the world for Mashiach, and that is the intention of those that great uh, um, revolution and, and 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 outpouring of developments in the scientific and industrial world. All those discoveries are intended to prepare the world for Mashiach. They can be used also for other things because Hashem gives free choice, just like gold, used for all kinds of things, jewelry, to back currency, and so on. But its real intention, so is the base of English. That's what it comes to the world for. In other words, thus haste. With the fact that, from the fact that you can get a benefit in our Vedas Hashem that we describe, you can see radio and 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 and. And, and and you can hear radio and you, and you see that you can see things from one part of the world to the other. That can help you serve Hashem because now you can understand that Hashem has an eye that sees and an ear that listens. No. Not just that. That's like everything in the world. They were saying from the fact that the Zer connects these discoveries with the coming of Mashiach it means that the real intention of this development is when those actual developments in science are used for Torah Mitzvahs. That's what they're for. More than that. So the Zoya is connecting with Pnimi So we, we need to say that when the main intention for the development of these aspects in science and technology is so there should be a revelation of the supernal wisdom that's coming down. It can be also backed up and supported by the wisdom that's coming from below. Zion, as explained earlier, one of the big uh, advantages of Mashiach coming, one of the big um, new things that will be in the world is that the world will be full of the knowledge of Hashem, just like the seabed is covered by water. And This will also be in a way that the flesh itself will see. So now we have something similar in the development of worldly wisdoms. Which is what? We have um, the, the, the development of the wisdom of the world and inventions. Um, Helps spread the revelation of the Pnimi Yusat which is a preparation to the Torah of Mashiach. So we have the wellsprings from below facilitating the wellsprings from above. What's the example for that? When you use a radio to spread panimia So what happens? The panimia the inside of satayra, the deeper aspect of satayra is being heard physically in all parts of the world. So you have the wellsprings from above, panimia satayra, being facilitated and spread forth by the wellsprings from below. And more than that, the words of chasidahs that are spoken on a radio become permeate the entire world. Even in a place where there's no transmitter, where there's no, uh, um, what's it called, a radio transmitter? No, where there's no transistor, where there's no radio to receive those radio waves and broadcast and, and, and uh, yeah, broadcast them, radio waves are all over. As we know that the, the voice and the radio waves are all over in all the world. Not just in potential, but they're actually there. Because the radio itself can, its function is to uh, take those radio waves that are there and to change them, transform them again to the voice that was the way it sounded when they were transmitted by the radio waves. It doesn't create a new voice. So it means that even if you don't have a radio, if nobody's listening, the waves are there all over. What waves are they? The knowledge of Hashem. So you have the developments from below that are facilitating and spreading that the world is full of the knowledge of Hashem. And that's what it's intended for. They're saying that it's intended for that. And in the meantime, the world also gets to benefit from the use of technology because there's bechira, there's free choice, so it can't be forced that it's only for for things of Kedusha. Is that what we're saying here? They we're saying that from the fact that the Zer connects it to it means that just like Zov, just like the Medrash tells us, the world really only gets gold. For use of the base Hamikdash, the other uses are secondary. i is saying that these developments that come in the 600th year onwards, they're really all about part of the process of preparing the world for Mashiach. That's their intended mission. And the best way, the best to, to do that, would be to use those things to actually spread forth the word of Hashem, like Tanya on radio. yes Ches. Now the Rebbe goes another step this thing that we're saying that we're using the the nations the, the wisdom of the world for a second thing to be used for mitzvahs, but that still doesn't show how the actual wisdom itself is a an expression of kedusha how it's how it's connected to kedusha it's using something so to speak a parva something worldly Using it as a catalyst, using it as a carrier for Kedusha, yeah. But really, the true binding, the true unity between what the Zohar says, the wellsprings of above, wellsprings from below. So the worldly wisdom with Torah is that in the worldly wisdom that's been developed, you see and perceive things of Panimi Sateira. They themselves give you the message of Panimi Satyira. The Rebbe says, chapter 31 to Lahoy, to point out that the Zoya continues on this theme. And it says, in that time, when the wellsprings will be open, it'll be revealed to everybody. As it says, Ki in Safania.' there's a, a, a prophecy, then I will turn to all the nations with a clear language. And, and they'll all come to the understanding of Hashem. So in other words, from the actual, this the Rebbe is supporting what the Rebbe is saying here, that from the actual wisdom, you see in the wisdom itself the, uh, the uh, presence of Hashem. Wow, how is that? Because one of the basic things, one of the basic ways we see this in a, in a, in a visible way, what does it come? It comes to reveal the oneness of Hashem. The oneness of Hashem in the world. Notwithstanding the fact that there's a multitude of created beings all of those creations, with all the multitudes that they represent, they are not at all a contradiction to the oneness of Hashem. Because on the contrary, the very many and multitudes of levels that come forth is, comes particularly because of Hashem's perfect oneness. As explained in various places in Chassidus, that because of the oneness of Hashem and His unlimitedness from Him can come also varied varied um, uh, levels and multitudes of different uh, individual creations when something is limited it's limited to giving forth exactly what it is but Hashem in his oneness is totally unlimited therefore he can give forth and from him comes diversity so the diversity of the world is not at all a contradiction to the oneness of Hashem and is Explains to us and, and guides us to be able to see in a world that looks fragmented, to see the oneness of Hashem. However, now, not however, but because, since the oneness, the true existence of the world is the oneness of Hashem, the simple achtus, achtus to the simple oneness of Hashem. Therefore, this unity, this oneness also expresses itself in the actual in the actual mitzis, in the actual existence of the world. That in the world itself, you see the achtu, you see the oneness. And this concept, the way the oneness of Hashem is in the world, because in its core, really, it's oneness, because it's coming from Hashem, who's one. This becomes more and more revealed with the development of the worldly wisdoms. It used to be thought that every one of the physical nature laws... Every one of the elements is its own individual, separate power, and in the in the and uh, that in the in the chimer in, in the in the matter of every of every existing being, there is there are other elements that make it up. Every every piece of existence is made up of various elements, and However, as science develops, the worldly wisdom develops, more and more we come to the recognition that this riboy, this uh, uh, multitude and fragmentation and the fact that it's developed into many elements, you could subdivide it into many elements, that's only the external aspect of creation. However... When we get to the depth of the matter, we really limit it and limit it and limit it till the revelation, till the understanding that the point of existence of matter, the point of existence of the world is really the combination, the joining of two forces, quantity and quality. The matter that has energy And that is really now that so it's really simplified. Science has come to the realization that things that's really simplified, it's energy and matter. And this oneness, of course, comes. True oneness is only in elicus. So when you come in creation and you see the, the the very the, the the unity in the entire creation, how it's broken down, comes down to two simple things, energy and matter, and the combination of them. So this gives you a, an inkling, and this starts to express the oneness of Hashem, that everything starts from one. The Rebbe quotes here a, a, in the footnote 36, in the Eben Ezra, in his relation to the 30, he says, why does the Torah start with a base? To tell you that Hashem is one. Created beings are two, which is, their matter and their and their form, form and matter. At any rate, so it seems. It seems the Rebbe is saying here that there's energy and matter combined. That's at the at the crux. At the, I'm, I'm excuse me if I'm I'm not I, I don't understand science too much, but I think uh, energy and matter I think are the words that can be used there, and they're combined. They come from the oneness of Hashem. So we it, it's I think the Rebbe brings in the Ebenezer. So the one is Hashem, but Everything in creation with all the, 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 the differences and huge differences between all aspects of creation when it boils down to it, it's really just two simple things. It's really one 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 combined energy and matter that is at the at the crux, at the at the the innermost aspect of all creation, which helps us, which actually expresses the oneness of Hashem. Everything is just is just godliness. And this is the connection between the development of the worldly wisdom with the revelation of Lahavdil to separate the Pnimi the inner aspects of Tera. Because it also becomes part of the process of preparing the world to go up in the 7,000th year, Mashiach. In other words, says the Rebbe, the revelation of Pinim automatically brings also the development of the nations of the worldly wisdom. Automatically, says the Rebbe, in footnote thirty-eight, there's a mashal that the Rebbe gives, that when the king makes a feast for his close people, there are leftovers. It produces leftovers that go to the, uh, that go to the servants and so on, and then there are. There are the bones that are thrown under the table and go to the dogs. So in other words, what the Rebbe seems to be saying here is that the revelation of the great secrets of Torah produces automatically residual lower levels of Chachma, which represented by the, 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 the wellsprings opening up from below, represented by the worldly wisdom. But why does there need to also be worldly wisdom? Because through them... So you have developed something similar to what happens when Mashiach comes, because they help to <coughs> to reveal the oneness of Hashem in the world, and in some way, at least, may at least there's a touch now of the flesh actually being able to see Hashem. In other words, that world itself is expressing the oneness of Hashem. You see the achdos of Hashem in the world itself. And interesting, the Rebbe also says in order 37 that in, in the parts of the Rambam, the end of the Ramam, the laws of Mashiach, the parts of the Ramam that are taken out by the censor, the Rebbe says that, 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 that the Rambam says, even the, the other religions, Yeshu and, uh, and uh, Ishmaeli, they're just to prepare the world for Mashiach. Right? When the Mashiach comes, now everybody knows about Mashiach because of the uh, dissemination of the the religion that speaks about the Messiah and so on and so forth. So the Rebbe is saying that this is a further preparation we see that everything that happens in the world is a preparation for Mashiach the Zohar connects the two, the higher wisdom, lower wisdom this higher wisdom is in order to prepare the world for Mashiach and this gives birth also to a lower wisdom which is expressing and that's whole purpose is to express the oneness of Hashem and to give the flesh, to give the world itself, an opportunity to see into, to see behind the veneer of what the world looks like and to get to the crux of the matter, that it all expresses, achdus Hashem, because it's really just energy and matter that's behind everything. And then we really get it, you really get it, that in truth, this oneness, this unity that you see throughout creation is not different than the oneness of Hashem, it's just an expression of the oneness of Hashem. Which becomes revealed, which that is revealed in *Pnimis and through that becomes what the Zerah says: the world is 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 repaired, prepared to go up in the seven thousand year. May it be, speedily, in our days. Amen.